It's been a week since Ahsoka finished airing, but there's been one development in the Star Wars franchise I think the show has hinted at becoming more common, hybrid species. Now, this isn't exactly a new concept for the franchise, having been featured a good bit in Legends and Canon, but the live action debut of Jason Syndulla does really feel like the first step to a much larger world. Now, let's get one thing out of the way first. Yes, we didn't directly see Jason in the sequels, and we presumably didn't see any hybrids in the trilogy either. But Star Wars is always fleshing out ideas for its eras well after some of its bigger entries have already been out for a while, and I see no reason why these types of sentient beings can't play a role in the expanding of how audiences view the past and future of the Star Wars narrative. Jason Syndulla is, if not already known, the half-Twi'lek, half-human son of New Republic General Hera Syndulla and Jedi Knight Kanan Jarrus. If you're wondering why Hera, Sabine, Ezra, and Hu Yang all mentioned him during the show, but we never really got to see him, well, just go watch Star Wars Rebels. It's a great series and really helps flesh out the Ahsoka show as a whole. Jason first features in the finale epilogue of that show, where it's revealed that he was conceived at some point during the fourth and final season of the show. He appears almost entirely human, minus his green hair and his green-tipped ears. It's a bit of a silly design, but the Ahsoka show did double down on it, showcasing a presumably older version of the character with longer and darker green hair, which conveniently covered his ears. We can get into that whole mini-arc that he has with connecting to the Force and helping save Ahsoka, and what that will mean to Hera and the rest of their family's story, but that's for another video. What we will focus on here is that while Jason is the biggest example of a hybrid in Star Wars to date, the average fan wouldn't even realize with how human he looks. The animated Star Wars fan, on the other hand, would wonder how a Jason fits alongside Shia and Jack Laquane. For those who have watched The Clone Wars, the Laquane family is comprised of Sue Laquane, a Twi'lek farmer, and Cut Laquane clone trooper who deserted after his experiences post-first battle of Geonosis. The two raised their children, Shaiya and Jek, who are confirmed to be Twi'lek human hybrids. Interestingly, Cut is confirmed as not being the father, as Sue had already had her children before the two even met, just with another human male. While both children have mostly Twi'lek features, there are some intriguing differences. Shaiya has the eyebrows and cone-shaped hearing organs found in female Twi'leks, but she has skin patches matching that of a more Caucasian looking human spread throughout. However, it appears that the patches have given away to a lot more of her twilight blue and the lighter skin patches remaining are darker in her Bad Batch appearance. Her brother Jack has always looked like most twilight males in both of his appearances, but he does have eyebrows, unlike twilight males. With Sue having a very pink skin tone, whatever dominant and recessive traits that manifested in her two children from herself and their human father have very little similarity to Hera and Kanan with Jason. Jason doesn't seem like he will ever have Leku, and we don't know how his skin color will change with his age, but his green elements seem directly drawn from his mother and grandmother, and his overall skin color falls somewhere between Kanan's and Cham's. So with these three Twilight human hybrids established, what does it mean for how Jason will grow and look like? At least for now, the Twilight human hybrids are established as being wildcards. It's not that surprising either, with how different mediums could encourage further diversity and how Twi'lek human hybrids can look, and how some Twi'leks can even differ. At least for live action, it seems that Jason will be a hybrid with human dominant features, which is far easier to build into more Twi'lek features, should it ever happen. He could very easily still have Leku, with two growing from behind his head in a similar manner to Orn Frita, the most prominent Twi'lek politician in Star Wars history. But what other hybrids can and have happened? 
and what do both canon and legends inform us about them? So far in canon, the second most prominent hybrid species is the Alder Esperion, born from red-skinned Esperions who intermarried with human Alderanian colonists several generations before the Galactic Civil War. While only featured in the Princess Leia comic miniseries set just after New Hope, they serve as an important example as to why we haven't seen more hybrids. Among some Alderanians, despite their long-standing history as a sentient and peaceful race, Alder Esperions were not considered true Alderanians by other human Alderanians, like Jora Astane of the Alderaan Enclave on Solus. While the efforts of Princess Leia, Ua Parisi of the Melodic Order, and eventually Jora Astane created a more integrated and accepted Alderanian diaspora, it's obvious even humans from a progressive society like Alderaan would balk at the idea of interspecies mingling. Yes, humans have been known to breed with Merillians and Thelans as well, but other species have their own hybrid children. Corns and Mon Calamari, despite ancient tensions, have been known to have children together, and Gungans and Gozos have also paired with each other, if Flix is to be trusted. In total, we know of several hybrids in canon. Beyond Bionel, the chief of the Alder Espirion population, Jom Jarush, a Corn Mon Calamari cook who worked at Takodonic Castle nearly 150 years before the Battle of Yavin, Jek and Shaiya Laquane, Maze Rainshi, a human Merillian hybrid who is a friend to Kar Nuxin, the Force Collector, Ristal Sand, a human Thelan hybrid and the oldest example of a hybrid we've ever seen, appearing in Jabba's palace as a singer and dancer in Return of the Jedi, Diva Shalikwe, a Thelan half-breed momentarily seen with Jabba in The Phantom Menace, and Jason Sindula. Some might ask, what about Aura Singh? She, however, was recently identified as a member of the newly introduced species, the Paladuvans, making her a near-human like Pirate Valak from Star Wars Resistance, but not of any human origin. Going into legends, we have further human interbreeding with the Koinite, Echani, Pharaohan, Hamadrias, Kifar, Miraluka, Nagai, Sith, and other species. When humans bred with Kalai, their offspring were known as Latago, and although cancelled out by the Clone Wars, Humans breeding with Zabrax resulted in the Dathomirians. Other non-human hybrids include the Bornek with the Eti, Arcanian with Sephi, Half-Bothans with satire-like legs from the Farfalla system, most notably Jedi Lord Valentine Farfalla, and Magonites with an unnamed species. Interestingly, Legends also notes humans were unable to interbreed with Unzati, Kirash, Ratataki, Umbaran, Keshiri, and Tuskins, Gothal and Hinamente, as well as Zalosian with Twi'leks and other humanoids were also incompatible. Legends also makes an emphasis on the fact that many species ostracized members who bore hybrid children, which could add another wrinkle to the canon depictions of this growing group of sentient beings. But ultimately, how will they be depicted? Well, I theorize we can get more human-alien hybrids in the vein of Jason Sindula, fully fleshed out and as wild as can be. There's a certain fun in the unknown of what Jason could end up looking like, which pairs well with the unknowns of his whereabouts in the sequels and the potential force training he could one day face. It would be very interesting to bring back Leia with the Alderanian diaspora, where it would be easy to then showcase the Alder Esperions, but that's maybe not the strongest use of the potential of hybrids. I think the best place to show off hybrids of all forms would be Skeleton Crew. It is reportedly the most expensive Star Wars streaming show, with a rumored budget of $136 million, and the small leaks of trailers and promos since Celebration have showcased many aliens. There's the potential that the story could start off in the expansion region, maybe the Outer Rim, or even at the edges of wild space in the unknown regions, before pivoting to the new galaxy introduced in Ahsoka. Perhaps there's an artifact or some residue from the Eye of Sion jumps that the character Jude Law plays, as well as the child that characters stumble into and are carried towards Peridia, 
Or maybe there's even a chance that the Purgle accidentally draws them to this new galaxy. This is a show that has been sold as Stranger Things in Space, a bit of a throwback to the Amblin era as well. And getting children to fit into the storyline of the entire Mandoverse may be a bit tricky. If they do end up in this new galaxy introducing Ahsoka, there's a chance that we can even have the characters stumble upon her and Sabine. Even if they don't, meeting new and strange aliens who have interbred or other familiar species and how they evolve differently in this galaxy could create a unique opportunity to have Star Wars play with not just hybrid designs, but old and new aliens alike. From there, the species that people find most interesting can start appearing in the main galaxy in all these different eras, creating unique questions for just how close different species in the two different galaxies can really be, and if the aliens we deem to be so unique may in fact have roots in other galaxies, or have even been descendants of even older species from entirely different galaxies. And if we really want to get wilder and even more connected to legends, maybe some of these species were created in the first place. Thanks everyone for checking out my semi-Star Wars theory, semi-Star Wars knowledge video that I dropped today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We had a great time covering Ahsoka on the channel, so if you want to go back to our live reviews with the Q&As, or our predictions, or even our edited reviews, please do check it out. We had a lot of fun with that. If you're further interested in our channel, we have a bunch of other videos just like this coming out. We'll be relaunching our Star Wars News podcast once more in the coming days, and we hope you guys can join them when they're on live on YouTube, or at least can listen to them in the podcast formats once they're later edited and released. If you're a book fan, stay on the lookout for our review of Crimson Climb, which should be coming pretty soon as well. And if you like engaging with us more directly, besides just comments and liking on our videos, do check out our community tab where you can see our current bracket running, Dark Side Power Ranking. And if that isn't enough for you, make sure to check out our Monday videos where we drop our lives of our Let's Plays of different video games. Right now, we're playing Star Wars Republic Commando, so we are nearing the end of that, so do definitely join in before we finish the whole game and move on to our next one. During those streams, we talk about anything to do with Star Wars or even other topics as well, so don't be afraid to ask whatever you want. And if you're a really, really big fan of the stuff that we've been creating these last couple years on this channel, do sign up for our YouTube membership or our Patreon memberships, where you'll get exclusive access, exclusive videos, exclusive live streams, and a bunch of awesome ideas coming your way. Thanks so much for watching.